it's been told me a year ago, not only are you going to officially come out, you're also going to get a new job and you're going to move. Oh, and P.S. You have a partner. I would have been like, no. Welcome to the I Did Not Sign Up For This podcast, a weekly show dedicated to highlighting the incredible stories of everyday people. No topic is off limits. Join me as we explore the lives and experiences of guests through thought-provoking, unscripted conversations. I'm your host, Carling, a Canadian, queer-identifying, 30-something-year-old, providing a platform for the stories that need to be heard. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello, Katie. Hello. My God, we were just saying offline. It felt like we just talked a year ago, but it was 2020 since you and I last recorded. An entire lifetime ago, if like, you will. Literally a whole lifetime. It's yeah. so nice to see your face and hear your voice. Yes, you too. You were so kind to be a guest when I was just starting out. And I mean, I still don't always know what I'm doing, but I even knew less. But you were episode 39. <laughs> wow. And we met just a while before that doing CrossFit. Doing CrossFit. That's <laughs> right. Oh, my God. So funny. <laughs> yes. I know that was so <laughs> unique when you went, Kathy's your mom? Yeah. I follow her on TikTok. And yeah. that's how that connection even happened. Yeah. I was like, this is wild. Yeah. So the first episode 39 that we did, we talked about your relationship with your mom and creating memories because she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. Yeah. And she was living in BC at her parents' house with her sister? Yes. One of her sisters is also in BC and also lives with her at the, well, parent house now, I guess. Oh. Uh, yeah, their father, my grandfather, you may have seen on the TikTok, but recently passed away. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, the, my grandfather. Yeah. You could probably tell from the TikToks he's... He was in an exorbitant amount of pain for a very long time. And in his late 80s, he passed away January 29th, I believe it was. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. It's tough, but I can make it sound logical. Yeah. It wasn't, it didn't come out of nowhere. It wasn't abrupt. It wasn't because of an accident. He got to pass the way he wanted to, oh. given the circumstances. But my mom tells me that he's died every day. Oh, cause because she can't remember. She doesn't remember that I know. Yeah. And she's aware that he has. I don't think it's that every day she's having to go through, oh, her dad died. I yeah. hope. But she doesn't remember that certain people know. I think mm -hmm. unless you're visually in front of her on a day to day. Yeah. She'll forget. Even if you are visually in front of her day to day, she forgets. And I think that's a side of Alzheimer's that we don't think about is... That yeah. those things, when there's a loss, sometimes you are the person that has to tell them every day because I couldn't imagine finding out for the first time every day right? that my dad died. It's uh, just horrible. So since we last spoke, lots of changes in her life have yeah. occurred in line with Alzheimer's. She's now in a full-time facility called Trillium or Acacia. 
she's there Monday to Friday and goes back to her mom's place now in that she was staying with before with her sister, typically on weekends. But it's become, it's starting to become very difficult for her to do that transition. Even if I were to live in one place during the week and somewhere else during the weekend, I know for me that would not feel great. I can only imagine. It's structured, but not. Yeah. So we're now starting to see that's not really working as well long term anymore. Like it's just not within her best interest anymore. And was it her decision to go into or was she part of the decision to go into the long term care facility? Yes and no. There were some days, most days she loves Trillium. She talks about it. She recently got a bigger room. That was a big to do. She has quite a few friends there and enjoys the staff, but she didn't want to not be at home. Mm. But Her needs at home became more than what her current caregivers could provide. Right. Then as her Alzheimer's began to get worse, she's had some aggressive moments or just moments. She's not the mom or the person that I remember that I know she is to be. You know, sometimes she'll call you a bitch 10 times in a conversation (laughs) and it's it's not even that she's trying to really be malicious she just thinks it's funny it's not for the majority of the rest of the world or if she's out she'll go and sit at someone's table like at a restaurant and just sit down and start talking to them for which again for the majority of the world that's like what are you doing yeah stranger i don't know and especially in COVID times, like absolutely not. But she just wants to talk to someone different, which I get it. I would want to too. So there's just the social norms or understanding what's acceptable socially or what's even tolerated. She can no longer take care of herself, hasn't been able to take care of herself independently for a while. But now we've gone into the Helping with like basic necessities as far as like showering, going to the bathroom, things like that. She requires assistance in 24-7 care. Oh, that's so hard. And how old is she now? 61? 62? We have the same birthday. So she turned 21 when I was of zero age. And now I'm 40. 62? Yeah. That's horrible. I don't know. I think 62 is Still very young. So young. Very young. Very young. And was she doing any treatment? I can't remember if I know that there's no cure, but is there treatment or therapies that she's doing? There are, but it comes down to what works for the individual. Alzheimer's is so tough. One day she loves art. The next day she hates it. One day she wants to go on walks. The next day she's just irritated the outside world even exists. So as far as something consistent, no. The one thing that she has consistently always loved is music. One of the friends of Jean, her sister, her name is Barb, and they take her to a pub that has jazz music. Oh, nice. And so she gets to experience things like that. So music, yes, but as far as any kind of therapy that she could benefit from, even short-term or long-term, not that we've come across. Wow. It's nice to get an update and to hear how she's doing. Overall, she's happy. She is safe. So that will have to do. I think there's been much more negative impacts. I don't even want to call them negative. 
much more significant impacts on those who are her caregivers or those who are legally responsible for her or to make decisions that has it would impact anyone, of course, but those impacts are really starting to be felt, I think, especially with the death of their father, my grandmother's husband. So it's like caregiver exhaustion and just yeah. can it could everyone get on the same page to decide what's in her best interest? <laughs> no. <laughs> there yeah. are some very strong other opinions, but it's everyone's trying to do their best. What everyone's best is probably different. Yeah. But it's Everyone's working with the information that they have and everyone is trying to do its best. I think the only people that are consistently doing what's best in my mom's best interest would be the facility because right. they don't have type of relationship or connection and they're trained and that's what they do. They're the ones that know what's best. So I'm trying to just stay yeah. in line with them. And one of the other things that we talked about is we have a whole thread about things we could talk about <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> but one of them was your being diagnosed with BPD. And is that borderline personality disorder? Correct. Most often confused with bipolar. <laughs> but no, right. BPD is yeah. borderline personality disorder. So I would love if you're comfortable to hear that sure. journey. And a journey it has been. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not something I'm familiar. We've interviewed people with bipolar and yeah. I know that it's different. So, yeah, I'm interested to hear about that experience for you. Yeah, no, I'm happy to talk about it because borderline, for those who aren't familiar with it. And to be fair, if you Google it, it sounds awful. Oh, no. Well, and it is awful, but it can sound very scary. There's quite yeah. the stereotype of... People with borderline are abusive, erratic, violent. And you know what? Some some are, but it depends. But some humans who aren't don't have it are. <laughs> so I don't right. know that's specific to BPD. But for myself, the first time I was diagnosed and immediately ignored it, I, <laughs> I was, I think, 26. I've been struggling with mental health issues, but my childhood and the majority of myself growing up We'll make it very clear because it had nothing to do with my mom. It just had almost everything to do with a, her unfortunate choice in husband at the time. So I had a pretty horrible childhood. And if you do anything, any research when it comes to BPD, those with BPD have some sort of traumatic childhood or some sort of significant trauma, which that happened for me quite a bit. And when you live in a chaotic, abusive environment, or that's where you're raised, lack of sense of self, lack of self-confidence or self-image or feeling safe, those are almost always gone. And those are the pretty huge precursors to BPD. So I was diagnosed by a psychiatrist with my doctor because I was like, yes, you have depression, tried the meds, nothing was helping. So then the, the medication that you would get for BPD is typically stronger than your like more common typical antidepressant. So we moved okay. into that category of meds and it just is often a higher dose or just a whole different category altogether. So I was first diagnosed when I was 25, 26. It took me quite some time to accept that because right when I was diagnosed is when I first looked it up and I looked it up and was like, like deeply offended. <laughs> that's yeah somebody, that is not that me is not me and then the more I actually thought about it openly and honestly I was like oh that is me and oh, I was no. like oh no 
Because with borderline, depending where you're researching, there's typically seven characteristics. Some people will say it's nine, but you need to either have seven of the nine, five of the seven in order to be classified as fitting the borderline diagnosis. And at the first time when I looked, it was like, oh, nice. All of them. The one time you don't want 100% in something. Yeah, I was like, great. Yeah. School was so hard and now I get 100%, of course. But the good news with that diagnosis is that it allowed my doctor, psychiatrist, psychologist to really look into a proper medication. And mm. I think for a borderline, there's so many different kinds of therapies you can do. The DBT, CBT, group therapy, one-on-one therapy. There's so much. And what works for one will definitely not work for another. What worked mm. best for me was a collaborative approach. Although for me, I need my meds. And if I forget to take them one day, which rarely happens, but actually happened the other night, I feel the effects of it immediately. It's almost immediate withdrawal. And mentally, I feel horrible. So it opened the door for me to actually get proper medication and actually, when I was younger, begrudgingly get into therapy. But Mm -hmm. that was the absolute game changer. So it's not to say that life as of right now is great and lovely and my day-to-day is good. I'm managing it and it's taken about a decade for me to really finesse my day-to-day and actually to feel okay. But it's the amount of relationships or friendships that were destroyed along the way or even whether with others or myself, it's significant. So some of the stuff, yeah, I get it. Like when you Google it, sure, like the extreme, extreme highs and lows. The going from unhappy one minute to a complete split and then like completely different. Like I can with ease go from I'm feeling really good today to maybe I'll go off that cliff. And it's that fast. So on the outside, most people, unless you know me very well, would never know. That's because I medicated in therapy. Inside, I feel pretty, it's a battle. It's a constant battle. And I'm stubborn. I don't like to talk about my feelings, which makes it even harder because <laughs> then I'm, of course, internalizing everything as well. Totally. So it's been a very long, long journey. And even though the only reason I got on TikTok was because of my mom. But now that I'm on TikTok, you see more stuff about BPD. Got a 1140 page. <laughs> you can see what you can see yeah. what I like. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. lesbians and BPD. And it's like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I've actually met like one of my now closest friends who has BPD. I met her on TikTok. She lives in Australia. To have someone, I'm very lucky. I have very supportive friends. But unless you have it, you just cannot understand it or support that person in the way that they need it's just, it's impossible. Right. You cannot. It's, ta- it's telling someone who's gone through chemo to be like, to get it. When you've never had chemo, it's like, you just can't. Yeah. How would you describe BPD if somebody's like, oh, I've never heard of that. What is it? So BPD, the worst, I don't know, the most mentally painful thing you could probably go through. And so for somebody who doesn't have it, the anguish that you felt at your worst moment or whatever the worst moment of your life was, 
It's every single day. And it can look like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But mental anguish and internal screaming while having to mask and therefore smile on the outside because you can't scream every day, all day. Not acceptable. The biggest thing for me is a lack of self-image and not really knowing who you are. Like when we're all younger, trying to figure out who we are, but having to do that in for me, like now my late 30s and having to do it my entire life and my sense of self changing many times over the years and then also dealing with a colorful life I suppose I'll call it wow it seems to be a lot of people who don't have BPD obviously I'm talking about based on what I've seen online but when Health Canada has approved medically assisted suicide for people with BPD we're in that category and a lot of people who don't have BPD are very offended why would they need to have more support and things like that it's like Yeah, I agree. But what you need to keep in mind is that's how bad it is that if you don't have the resources or meds or whatever it is that you need, that that's how bad it is that they're approving medically assisted suicide for. Because there's no cure for BPD. There's treatment. And not all treatment works for people. Sometimes meds don't work for one. Sometimes therapy doesn't work. It depends on what your trauma is and why you got it. And that's what's so interesting is that it's diagnosed as a result of yeah. trauma. It's not like a, it's like something happened that changed your brain. Your whole brain chemistry. Yeah. It happens yeah. from probably more than one event, but it depends what the event is. And usually sure. those events definitely will likely be similar and then create that you put yourself in other kinds of situations that go dependent to said events and then poof. There you go. It's interesting. I know a lot of people are like, how did you get it? I'm like, well, I don't know that we have time for that today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. give me my best guess, but ultimately I'm not even yeah. sure. Because it's all a lot of uh-huh. like childhood or very young stuff. And I probably remember four things from my childhood collectively as a whole. Wow. The rest is yeah. I don't remember at all. I mean, one positive part of my brain, it shut it down. So yeah. Honestly, I don't know. All I know is it was really bad. And so now I have EPD. So you talked about having trouble with self-identity. Does So you've also talked about coming out as a late I know. lesbian. <laughs> Thank <Welcome> you. <laughs> I, know. I should send out like welcome packages. That would be so nice. I like totally like plot yeah. except I was the only one that was like, okay, I got to tell everyone. Everyone I told was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, we all knew but me. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So you, so the BPD diagnosis came first and you were living your life with this. I do find the correlation interesting of if you have trouble with self-identity, coming out as anything but straight is a big process for a lot of people. So what was that journey like? You know, it was so interesting. And I mean, when I was younger, I always thought like, in my teenage years, like my first kiss was with a girl, but it was like, oh, she was my friend. Oh my God, that was it. That's cute. But it never occurred to yeah. me like what it meant. I wasn't able to process what it meant. And so I dated guys, was always like consistently pretty unhappy with them, but this tied into my also past trauma. So I thought that this was normal. You're not actually supposed to like, they're just there. And then, so I was always dating guys and being like really unhappy I think about it now and I'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes same (laughs) always very unhappy in the sense that there was just always something missing 
And I could never identify what it was. I never knew what it was. It wasn't clear. It wasn't like, oh, if they did, this would be better. And I always turned into like mom mode with them. Like I was the caregiver because I was very good at that. But it was never like a partner relationship. That part just, it wasn't there, but I didn't know that it wasn't there. I was just like, no one's happy. Look at all these like movies, TV shows about marriage, everyone, or like men and women dating. The men are just like, like my old bull and chain. And the women are just like, I hate yeah. him, but he's there. You know, would see women and be like, it's very good luck here. I could appreciate the beauty. And then in my 20s, it was dabbled sexually. But any of the boyfriends at the time were just like, oh, it's so hot. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's hot. Cool. It hadn't clicked. It was like, hey, you like this. It, it is, is hot. hot. It's hot yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then after my last... Like my longest term relationship, when that ended, I guess it was a decade ago, I got very lucky. I got finally introduced into gay world. I didn't know it. I didn't know about it. But I ended up having this most amazing roommate. He's gay. And so he brought me to the gay bars. And then I started meeting all these, whether on the spectrum, queer, I'll call them queer. I don't like to just say gay. But like I entered queer world where I was in queer bars around queer people and all different shapes, sizes, all different kinds of identities. And I remember I was like 33 and I was like, oh, I belong. And it like, it finally clicked where I was like, oh, everyone's like so happy and loving and everyone seems to actually care about each other. I have these real friends. And they're like protective. And it was just like everything just finally clicked in. And I was like, oh, I'm part of this community. Okay, cool. So I finally just got to meet more people, speak to more people, hear about their journeys and how. And then I was like, okay, so maybe like pansexual then. Because I was always like, I just love humans. I'm not really specific to a gender or to someone who identifies as a certain gender. I was like, if you're male, great. If you're trans, great. If you're non-binary, great. If you're, sh- maybe not straight, but. <laughs> but it just like, it didn't matter. And then I started dating women. And I was like, hmm, matters. Cool. I still very much agree yeah. like all shapes and sizes and gender identities, but it's definitely women. And then it finally just yeah. felt right. But it took me till I was... 38, 39, no, 39, I'll be 40 in April. It took me that long for it to finally click. And unfortunately, I think I felt so unsure because of my BPD, because I just didn't, you know, I never felt safer at home, but it's now like later occurred to me as talking Mm. with therapists. That wasn't really the BPD. I've been properly medicated and in treatment since I was about 27, 28. It's taken me a long time to finesse it, but part of it was also was like huh and lesbian so I just didn't I didn't know that part. yeah and then because of my trauma all yeah. the like really weird relationships I had with men and always being they all did a very good job and myself included being like well you're just unhappy because you're unhappy hadn't occurred to me that was right. like it, yes but <laughs> also there's this other part yeah and so then yeah, yeah. it finally clicked so I remember speaking with my friend, my very good friend, Brian. I was just like, I just, I wholeheartedly really dislike straight men. Like it, it's like passionate about it. I just don't like him. I see them and I'm like, Ugh. I have <laughs> bad experiences with them, but even like sexually on the side, I'm just like, why? No, 
just no. Yeah. And it's like an immediate. And Brian's like, you know, this, your dislike for them has grown quite a bit. <laughs> and I was like, I know if you're a gay man, <laughs> love you. Almost immediately love you. Trans man, yeah. love you immediately. doesn't matter. And then he's like, why don't you try dating women? And I was like, well, I'd only like participated in physical activities with women. I'd never dated them. And he's like, why don't you try dating them? Yeah. So I went, okay, change my Facebook dating settings. <laughs> Which I almost like felt like I internally changed. I was like, silly goose, this. And then I changed it on <laughs> Facebook and started talking and dating with women. And it's, yeah, that was it. So there's just so many different wow. levels that everything went hand in hand. I mean, wish I'd known yeah. sooner, but better late than never. Yeah. I just think if there was just better representation of real relationships in all their shapes and sizes you might have been able to see yourself in what was gonna yeah maybe and i'm like blown away at those who did accomplish that in the same schools as me or same environments of me like how did you figure it out and how are you so brave to just really be yourself as you were like even back then i'm not saying it's easier now but there's more outspoken people around i remember being in high school and there was like one gay guy for sure there was more the high yeah. school's two thousand people there's no way there was one there was one out oh one. yeah and then what about mm-hmm. those who weren't out or those who were just somewhere on the spectrum had no idea what the spectrum even was yeah there was oh. no words for it there was no discussion about it there was no yeah my only understanding of lesbians when i was younger is that like straight guys found it hot so it's like oh you make out with right, your friends yeah. when you're drunk and i was like i do for different reasons than perhaps what other people do yeah. but i didn't know it hadn't occurred to me yeah i've said it a thousand times but like growing up my first exposure to lesbians was jerry, oh, springer. jerry springer and like yeah it was like, my wife is dating another. It was <laughs> yeah. just awful. It was the, the the way they were portrayed and characterized was not how I felt. I didn't see myself in that. We didn't have the JoJo was The new L word. Yeah. The new L word. And yeah, we didn't have those characters and celebrities that were showing yeah. What was it like coming out as a later in life lesbian, like professionally, personally? I mean, personally, again, I have one very good friend who's my life lifelong best friend who is straight. Everyone else is queer. We're all very understanding. And I think that's where they thought they were like, yeah, and like, girl, we knew. Yeah, and also, who cares? Deal. Like, whatever. Yeah. They're like, great yeah do you even my grandparents were just like as long as you're happy and no one batted an eye Aww. it was very i was just like hey so it's this and people went yeah i went oh very very that was not an exciting conversation for anyone <laughs> but i guess that's yeah. great is the majority of the people who are close in my life already knew and the ones who didn't i may as well have told them i had orange juice for breakfast and they were like yeah okay cool so that part i was very lucky it just felt if you've not been home for years and then you finally just open the door and you're like i'm home and so that was it i know there's so many other stories that are not as light and quick as mine i think i'm probably on the side where it's like very few are like that very few professionally even at the law firm i worked at in calgary there was one person there who was not on the spectrum so it was just again a very queer environment 
where I work now, it was very different. And it was the one of the first few times where I felt unsure. The law firm I work at now, the majority of the people there are Lebanese and practicing Muslim. And I just... I didn't know enough. Mm. I had only known what I heard. So I thought in the interview, I was, I'm moving here for my partner. Please know what that means. Not my girlfriend, not my husband, yeah. not my boyfriend, partner. Please know what that means. Yeah. And there was no, like no one bad my eyelash. But the more I looked into parts of Muslim culture or the other culture, I was like, I don't know <laughs> if this is okay. I don't know that they know because I don't know yeah. how much experience they have in that world at all and i'm gonna suspect it's probably not much right so i'm like they only know what they've been told and what they've been told like who's told them it, that depends who they are so i was very nervous right and i was again very luckily met with nothing but love and it just it didn't matter they've asked me questions i've asked them my boss recently asked do you ever feel uncomfortable in public and i was like yeah sometimes in some stores, depending where we are. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, sometimes I feel uncomfortable in public too. He's Lebanese, right? So like he has a wow. very, very specific yeah. look to him and a very specific, often yeah. misunderstanding about him. He dresses well, has a BMW. And I'm like, you're not helping yourself really much. And he was like, oh, no, but I, he's like, but I really love my car. <laughs> I know you do. But like he's, he's taking the time to ask. And I said, do you ever feel uncomfortable? Or have you ever been somewhere and been like stared at? I'm like, yes. And I'm not very outwardly presenting, not as much as others. And so I don't find it that obvious. But if I'm out with a partner, then obviously <laughs> I haven't had to experience anything really negative. I don't know how well I would take that. I do feel that even I think I'm less straight passing now than I once was, but there's like this, there's words that you use to out yourself, but in a dipping the yeah. toe kind of cautious way. Like I will specifically say my partner or drop a her, she pronoun when speaking of my partner. And you just you guard yep. yourself a little bit to catch reactions and hope that they pick up what you're putting down yes. and that it's fine. Yeah. So when I was like, oh, yeah. moving here for my partner. And then they're like, okay. And so what other work did you do at the firm? And I was like, oh, we don't care. Oh, we don't know. Let's go for it. We don't yeah. care. <laughs> And it ended up being that. So I'm mm -hmm. lucky that way. But it's, yeah, it's been a wild Good. ride. But I must say, with my experience with BPD made it, I think, an easier ride. It could have been more difficult, but I had already been mm -hmm. accustomed to so much difficult that it just lessened the impact. <laughs> I have more than a decade experience, an arsenal of tools that I can get myself through, like excruciating mental trauma or like a mental issue. And then like I know how to cope with the hard stuff. So I at least have that. That's amazing. Yeah. Lots went wow. on in two years. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I know. I was going to say, it feels like we just talked recently, but a lot's been yeah, going on. Lot. I don't even know what more to say, honestly. It's been told me a year ago, hey, not only are you going to officially come out, you're also going to get a new job and you're going to move. Oh, and P.S. You have a partner. I would have been like, no. There's nothing you can <laughs> do to make me believe that. Absolutely not. Again, like with BPD, relationships are so hard. So I had settled in the idea of I'm not going to like the marriage thing. That's not going to be for me because I don't know if I'm capable. 
or I'm certain I won't find someone who is capable of dealing with me in that way unless they also have BPD. Yeah. And then if we both have BPD and we're both like in a low right. moment, ooh, I don't know. Like I was completely bamboozled by this person and it just caught me out of nowhere. And then, so yeah, I moved and here we are. <laughs> That's amazing. I just love Anytime. your openness and willingness to share. And we'll just go down our list. Update. It's so nice. <laughs> I think we covered off like three things. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. It's always lovely seeing you and speaking yeah. to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. And we'll have to talk really soon. Yes, we will. We will. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I hope you found our conversation informative and entertaining. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to follow me on social media, share this podcast with your friends, and leave a review at ratethispodcast.com slash I did not sign up for this. Your support means the world to me. If you want more interviews, exclusive content, and ad-free episodes, join the Patreon at patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this. I hope you all have a fantastic week ahead, and we'll talk soon.